This will be our last episode of our 2022 off-season. Be sure to follow the show if you don't already, so you can know when our next season's content comes out. Thank you so much for listening. Games can free us, then turn on us. The brain can take the simplest action, pick up that baseball and throw it there, and make it near impossible. In the grasp of my monster, I would wake nightly, soaked in sweat and terror, and wonder if today would be the day I would be me again. Big, strong men, quarterbacks and pro golfers, reduced to somber, anxiety-ridden casualties of the mind. Hello, and welcome to the Basket Case Immersive on Kona Montgomery. In this episode, we'll take a deep dive into some core themes from Kona's experience to try and understand what's going on between our ears in those moments. When we shine a light on the human pitfalls at play, you can add action and awareness to your bag of trick shots next tournament. Think of everything you're about to hear as a jumping off point for you to discover what works for you and your own mental game. So take it or leave it. Also, the advice you're about to hear is conversational, not clinical. I'm not a mental health professional or a sports psychologist, but I do strongly believe that if you've ever had your mental game fail you, you're not weird. In fact, you're in good company. So let's get ready to flex our mental muscles and not panic. If you haven't listened to Kona's episode yet, it broke our download numbers. By far our most popular episode to date. So thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Kona. Her ability to be open and willing to share her inner battles, her fears, and her overall humanity is what made that episode so great. Which leads right into the first theme that stood out to me from Kona. Transparency and normalization about her mental health, particularly her recent experiences of anxiety and panic attacks. Many people feel ashamed when they experience these emotions, which only gives those things more power when they are more common than you might think. You likely know someone personally who's had one before, even if they've never talked to you about it. Here's what Kona said in the episode about experiencing anxiety and her first panic attack. I was sitting there and I was like, I just don't feel right. And then all of a sudden it was a full body experience and it was full shakes, couldn't breathe. And I remember just telling Colton, like, I'm like, I I feel like I'm going to die. Like I need to go to the hospital. And I'm like, this is not an anxiety attack. I am dying. A panic attack is a sudden episode of intense fear that triggers severe physical reactions when there is no apparent danger and no immediate threat. When one occurs, you might think you're having a heart attack or even dying. Many people just have one or two panic attacks in their lifetime, and the problem goes away. Perhaps when the stressful life circumstance that induced the panic attack in the first place ends. But if you've had recurrent unexpected panic attacks and spent long periods of constant fear of another attack, your mental health professional may elevate your condition to a panic disorder. A panic disorder is just one of a long list of anxiety disorders, including things you may have heard about. 
agoraphobia, selective mutism, social anxiety, and even anxiety disorders due to medical conditions like perhaps Kona's Hashimoto's disease. Basically, there's a lot to unpack on the sliding scale of anxiety and the many forms and intensities it can manifest itself. However, one thing I want to highlight is that anxiety is a normal and even useful evolutionary tool that we humans have used for centuries to keep us safe. If our ancestors were not worried about that rustle in the bushes, they were the ones who never saw that tiger coming and weren't able to pass those super cool chill vibes onto us because they're dead, y'all. It's normal and healthy for you to feel anxiety in stressful situations. A good example of this... Before Keith and I found disc golf, we were avid and obsessed canyoneers. I even went canyoneering when I was eight months pregnant. When you go canyoneering, you hike into a remote place, put on your helmet and harness, and voluntarily lean yourself backwards off 100, 200, or even 300-foot cliffs. The 300-foot cliff we did was Waterholes Canyon, if you're interested. It's like a trust fall, only the person catching you is at the very bottom and you are at the mercy of a rope and your Boy Scout knots. If you don't feel anxious in a situation like that, it doesn't mean that you are Superman. You might actually be a serial killer. Anxiety in and of itself is not a disorder. The Mayo Clinic notes that anxiety is only an indicator of underlying disease when feelings become excessive, all-consuming, and interfere with your daily life. I mention this to say that if you feel anxious about a putt or performing in front of people, don't feel weird or ashamed. It's normal. And sometimes just validating and acknowledging your feelings helps take away the shame, quiet the alarm bells, and avoid the tailspin of future thinking and being afraid of negative outcomes that haven't even happened yet. Anxiety is not the same as fear, even though they're often used a bit interchangeably. Anxiety is considered a future-oriented, long-lasting response broadly focused on a diffuse threat versus fear that's an appropriate, present-oriented, and short-lived response to a clearly identifiable and specific threat. Anxiety is like feeling alert when you hear a rustle in the bushes, imagining, tensing, and anticipating a tiger until something happens. Fear is a tiger jumping out at you. The next related topic I wanted to cover with Kona is about performance anxiety. Here's what Kona thought her biggest mental game challenge of 2023 would be in the episode. I think it's going to be playing in front of people again, because, you know, for a while I was like, I don't even want anyone to look at me. Like, I want them to look over there when I throw or when I put. I read an amazing book by Rick Ankiel called The Phenomenon, Pressure, the Yips, and the Pitch that Changed My Life. Rick Ankiel was a prodigy baseball pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Until one day... He wasn't. After being drafted to the minor league straight out of high school in 1997, Ankiel was promoted to the majors with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1999. In his first full season with the Cardinals, he started 30 games with an 11-7 record, but in the third inning of the 2000 National League Division Series game, he felt his body do something. Something new. Something went wrong. And Rick Ankiel lost his once-in-a-generation ability to pitch. Not due to an injury or a bolt of lightning, but a mysterious anxiety condition widely known as the yips. It came without warning in the middle of a playoff game with millions of people watching. For the next four and a half years, he fought the yips with every weapon in his arsenal. Psychotherapy, medication, deep breathing exercises, self-help books. 
but nothing worked. He never regained his superpower and instead had to pivot around it. He went on to return to the major leagues as a hitter and played seven successful seasons before retiring. One of my favorite quotes from the book is that there are only three things that matter when it comes to achieving your goals. There's the life you want, the life you are given, and what you do about it. The prelude quote that I read at the top of the show are excerpts from this book, and I absolutely recommend it. If you want to check it out and support the show, go buy it from our reading list at basketcasepod.com, or I left a link to it in the show notes. It is no doubt that Kona is incredibly talented at disc golf. She not only won an elite series event, which, stop to think about that for a moment and just realize how cool that is, how many people can say they've done that? I certainly can't, and it is one of my ultimate dreams. She's good. Not only did she win Waco in 2021, but she slaughtered the field playing head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. Here's what she said about her mental game during Waco. I never took my foot off the pedal. It was like I wanted to play the best I could until the very end. I was just radiating confidence. Like there was nothing I could do wrong. I'm here to play and I'm going to try and lace every shot I can. And looking back at that stuff, that video is awesome to, to see mentally how strong I was and how strong I, you know, still can be. We've seen her play amazing disc golf and she's highly capable. But performing at your peak can be difficult to do 100% of the time, especially if you have a lot of extra pressure, expectations, health issues, trolls on social media. We're going to take a quick ad break and be back with more things Kona right after this. Stay with us. If you're listening to Basket Case, you will likely be getting some new disc golf gear soon. Some of my favorite discs I've owned, I found at infinitediscstour.com. They have pictures of every disc, so you can find a disc that has good vibes and know exactly what you're getting. They carry basically every retailer, so that obscure favorite that just went swimming could be replaced after all. You can also sell them your used or new discs that don't work for your game before you throw them in the water so someone else can. If you're a TD, their payout and sponsorship options can streamline the whole process for you and allow your winners to get what they want. They do player packs and trophies too. Check out what they can do by going to infinitediscstour.com. That's infinitediscstour.com. Wildpack Sports wants to help people get outdoors and thrive through adventure, sport, and mindfulness. If you're looking for more control or stamina in stressful situations, their mindfulness sessions can help you develop habits to use on and off the course. Whether you're staring down a 30-footer for the win or surviving a trip to the grocery store with your kids, a lesson on breathwork, mindfulness, or a cold plunge can give you the tools you need to thrive. Sessions can be in-person or virtual, so get started today by going to wildpacksports.com. Wildpack Sports. Control the moment. Control the outcome. (laughs) 
A few other pros have mentioned how much social media affects their game, and it's a complicated relationship for sure. Your social media following is a huge factor in determining how marketable and valuable of a pro disc golfer you are to a manufacturer, leading to bigger contracts, higher pay, but your social media following can paradoxically provide conditions that negatively impact your performance. Here's a quick recap from the episode where Kona talks about how toxic her social media had become. It got to a point where it was just so toxic and I didn't even want to post. Like I was so tired of people picking, nitpicking everything or being so hateful, commenting, why did you get that contract? Like you suck. Like, and then the next day I like was started my round and I was on hole two and we had a backup already. And I'm like, I guess I'll scroll on my phone for a second, whatever. And someone posted a horrible meme about me. Let's talk about dopamine. There's been a lot of chatter about dopamine in combination with social media. There's a Stanford University neuroscientist named Andrew Huberman who talks a lot about dopamine and its function in our lives. Research findings on dopamine clarify that while it's associated with rewards, its function is more about motivation and craving than experiencing pleasure. A study gave cage rats food and measured their release of dopamine. From this study, researchers believed that food and the pleasure of eating was triggering the release of dopamine. Someone then had the good idea to deplete dopamine in a control group of rats and put the food up higher so the rats had to work to get it. They found that both groups could still enjoy the pleasure of eating food, but only the dopamine rats were motivated enough to reach and strive for it. The new conclusion dopamine translates into the desire and the motivation to pursue, build, want, and create things we don't already have. Not only that, but it's a way of tabulating how we're doing in our lives. Are we doing well or are we doing poorly? Compared to who? That tabulation is part of what motivates us to try hard and work to achieve or even have the motivation to create a goal in the first place. Another way we tabulate that sense of how we're doing in our lives is by looking at the benchmarks all around us in the form of other people. And when we do this thing, it's called a mimetic model. A mimetic model is basically when we see examples of what we want to be more like or not like, and we start to emulate or mimic those things. Before smartphones, you might have about 10 mimetic models running at a time. Your boss, a movie star, your mother, your neighbor. Scroll on Instagram or watch TikTok for just an hour or so, and you'll be exposed to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of these models in rapid succession. This mimetic model system our brains had for benchmarking our position in the world and how well we are doing compared to others is on hyperdrive with social media. When you're doing well, getting those likes and follows, you feel real good. This can motivate you to do more, practice harder, make more content, and reach new goals. And that is the good part. There are quite a few pitfalls that can arise out of this and put you on the roller coaster of dopamine dependence and dopamine deficits. And that roller coaster can be really hard to get off of without making you feel sick or becoming toxic. So our brains have this tool for using dopamine for motivation to achieve healthy, aspirational goals. But social media can turn this tool into a deficit or dependence, making us feel completely overwhelmed by what we aren't doing, who we may never become, because we're inundated daily by mimetic models of people who are way better than us. 
I'm not saying at all that social media is bad and that we should avoid it. Not at all. I'm saying it's pretty rad, but that we should understand it. Understand it and understand what it's doing to us and if that's our conscious choice or not. Particularly when your dopamine levels could be the thing that makes or breaks your performance. Research has found that dopamine makes you a good athlete. It can activate brain regions that make a reward seem more valuable, which can motivate you to train and exercise harder for that goal. Elevated dopamine concentrations in the brain can push an athlete towards action and exerting effort and influence their decision to not give up, especially under difficult circumstances. Scientists have also tried to narrow in on the different genes related to performance and found that dopamine might play a role. A team of geneticists ran a study that collected DNA from 50 elite athletes who had top scores or wins at the Olympics and compared those genes to a group of non-professional athletes, ones who played sports regularly but definitely competed below pro level. And they found a key difference. The Olympic-level athletes were way more likely to have a gene called the DAT, which stands for Dopamine Active Transporter Gene. Studies show that the DAT gene is involved with increased motor activity, energy expenditure, reward-seeking, and sometimes risk-seeking behavior, all things that can improve your athletic performance. All this to say that what is going on chemically through your brain when you're preparing or performing really matters. Not just the thoughts you're thinking, but the actual physiological and chemical functions that are triggered by our thoughts and actions, like scrolling on social media before our rounds. Will that dopamine hit you get and the people you see aid your mental game in that moment? The last part of mixing social media with your mental game that gets a bit sticky is how it can interrupt your ability to focus. Checking our phones and our social media has become an involuntary response to any momentary boredom we encounter throughout the day. Waiting for the microwave? Check your Instagram real quick. A lapse in the conversation? Open your email. A slow scene in a movie? Watch TikTok for a bit instead. Or, as Kona experienced, a backup on a hole during your tournament. This translates to inability or an unwillingness to sit in the uncomfortable, quiet boredom and live with our own thoughts for more than a few seconds. It's hard for us to allow ourselves to focus for an extended period of time, and it's not really something our brains do naturally without practice. Even my podcast stats show that only 70% of you, my listeners, will make it to this portion of the podcast content to hear the statistic. So if you're still here, baby, there is hope for you and good job. When it comes to your mental game, So much of what it takes for peak performance is rooted in your ability for dedicated internal focus. It doesn't matter what sport you play or what your performance looks like. Focus is a key ingredient. Without the ability to control your attention, many of the overabundant distractions will work against your success. Focus provides you with power and control. Imagine that you're playing a tournament in a new city. You're playing against a local favorite, and it's apparent that the TD and the players warming up support them. They gush about their skill and dominance, and you pick up from the subtext that they want that person to win. So going into the round, you begin thinking about how you are terribly outmatched. Such a frame of thought is a distraction. It's keeping you from focusing on your strengths and the aspects of your game that will lead to confidence. As the game begins, fixating your mind on the opponent's talent and right to win 
is only going to eliminate your ability to be present. In addition, the course may be unknown and full of distractions. During the round, you can't help but pay attention to pedestrians, the noise of cars, kids on the playground, dogs barking, birds or insects, whatever. As you do, your reactions slow, and the attention you give to each individual shot you perform decreases. Now, in this scenario, what is within your control? Sometimes it can feel like very little, if nothing. While it may appear that way on the surface, there's something you're overlooking. Your attention. No matter how hard you try or how much you want, you cannot control external distractions. There's no way for you to move the fans or reduce the talent of your competitors. However, what you can control is the attention you give to those distractions. By developing strong focus, you can eliminate many distractions you experience during a round. Not because you're removing any of those, but because you're controlling the attention you give to them. Now, some athletes may use social media in a way we talked about in our last immersive episode to sort of disassociate from what's happening as a way to not overthink. But the difference between scrolling through your playlist to find a song to pump you up or calm you down and scrolling through social media is your level of choice and control in what you see. You can choose a song to influence your mood and emotions in a certain way. If you scroll social media to distract yourself, you may come across something that impacts your mood or emotions negatively, or see something that makes it impossible for you to think about disc golf. All of this is to say that you should social media responsibly, not only in a round, but in your daily life. Just like good nutrition, exercise, and sleep impact your performance outside of game time, the habits you build in focus and your relationship with dopamine, and even how you benchmark yourself against your peers can affect your performance. That's it for today, guys. And actually, that's it for the season. We will be taking a three-month hiatus, but I will be releasing some super special bonus content from our interviews that wasn't released in our regular episodes. Make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can get notified when those things come out and when our new season starts. You should also check out our merch. We've got some rad merch. Get one of our logos, one of our sayings. Check out what we have at basketcasepod.com. I would love to see someone wearing one of my things in the wild. You can follow us on Instagram at discgolfbasketcase, or you can follow me personally at Howells. I'll be playing quite a few tournaments in the next few months, and I'll keep y'all updated on how my mental game is coming along. Sources for this episode are linked in the show notes, so check those out. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, no guts, no glory, no brains, no chains. Goodbye.
I could be working or practicing my pudding, but instead I'm singing this real dumb song, waiting for someone to come along and tell me about their mental game and all their strengths and struggles with it. Come please join my meeting. Whoa, that guy just got nice.